The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. The story of Ammonius is quite arguably one of the most vivid in our calendar of lesser feasts. And it instructs us about the nature of discernment and also, to a great extent, the nature of priesthood and holy orders. Something that our church invests a considerable amount of time and resources in when it comes to discernment. And something that many of us have thought about and considered at some point in our lives, and some of us, myself included, have resisted up to a point, clearly, and some have entered the process and then departed the process for whatever reason. But the story of Ammonius goes to the heart of what discernment about any ministry is about, and this sense in which discernment is not just the role of the individual in their conversation with God, nor is it the discernment of the ecclesiastical authority, whoever that is, nor is it just the discernment of the community. It is all three of those things together in prayer with God. And that requires a great deal of humility at every level of the church, doesn't it? It requires a willingness to suspend our judgments and our determinations long enough to make room for the Spirit to speak. 
And this is a useful teaching for us in this moment as we prepare as a diocese to raise up, to elect our next bishop. Hopefully no one will lose an ear in, as a part of the process, as Ammonius did. But it is interesting in some of the conversations I've been having in preparations for the electing convention that we talk at length about the fact that nominees can withdraw from the election at any time, even up to the point of their being elected. The last step in that process is our current bishop calls the person elected and asks if they accept, if they consent to being elected. Now, things being as they are, and lengthy discernment process ahead of this, it's probably likely that they will, but notice that room still being left for the spirit to speak. And the challenge for our leadership in this diocese as they spoke to the convention gathered about what it means to be in discernment for our next bishop. And Warren, the previous president of the standing committee, said something I think very important. He said, don't ask each other who you're voting for, as we often do in secular elections, right? Ask one another, how is your discernment going? How is your discernment going? It's a striking difference because unlike our secular elections and our secular discernment, there is always another voice in the room with us, and that is the voice of the Spirit. And in order to hear it, we need to be in a state of prayer. Ammonius, perhaps to a fault, knew very clearly his own mind about whether he would go into holy orders. But equally as stubborn, it appeared, was his bishop, who thought that with the people on his side, he could make it happen. Ammonius said, hang on here. And even in an ancient society, it was a remarkable statement of faith for him to say, no, I have a choice in this as well. And his no needed to mean something. That's part of discernment. Because as a longtime spiritual director of mine used to say, your yes doesn't mean yes until your no means no. And I will tell you from my own experience, regardless of where you are being called in each of your walks and paths, that God hears our no's as well and takes them seriously. Because then 
if we change our mind and say yes. The freedom that God endowed each of us with has been honored and appreciated. Our God is a God of patience and a God of trust, and above all else, a God of love, who sees each of us individually and all of us together as bodies with dignity and intrinsic value and of incalculable worth to the divine spirit. So when it comes to Paul, we are always listening for God's will. But as we also say, we listen for the people's consent. Because God doesn't want us forced like slaves. God wants us full and free. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and a journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Oh, uh-huh.